Welcome to the Sterling Foursquare Church Podcast. Our mission is to offer hope for the broken, lives that are thriving, the equipping of believers, and the launching of leaders. More info can be found at sterlingfoursquare.com. Thank you for joining us today. It's my privilege to stand before you, and I, my desire this morning is that, that uh, my words would not come out. The, the, the words of the Holy Spirit would come out today. Um, that's my desire. And uh, there are, uh, this is a, I love the, the God of Miracles, the series that we're doing. Um, if you look in the Bible, you can find, I don't even know, I'm sure somebody's counted them, but there's hundreds and thousands of miracles that God did, has done in the past. And they're recorded in the Bible, right? Um, there's so many more that God has done in this place, in you today. And I, I'm not talking about, maybe you've been healed miraculously, and it was just an amazing, incredible uh, miracle that God did. But I'm talking about even the little things that maybe you didn't recognize, that you didn't understand at the time, but maybe you went through a situation, and you look back and say, wow, that was God. And so this morning... Uh, we're going we're gonna to dive into that. We're going to look into uh, what God does in our everyday provision. Uh, Psalm 77, 14 is kind of our anchor verse, and Pastor Ben read it already, but I'm going to read it again. Uh, it says, You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. A couple things that I've got personally that I've kind of latched onto the last couple weeks. Um, when we face the impossible... We have a God that can do the impossible. So there's hope. Last week, Pastor Tom uh, shared this. If we never had a problem, there would be no place for God to move. Right? So how many of you in here, raise your hand if you've ever experienced this before. You've been driving and your gas light comes on or your needle's on E or below E and you have way... A lot more miles than what your gas tank says. Anybody? Oh, you guys are honest. First service, I, they, were, they were not honest with me. Um, how about this one? How many of you have got to Wednesday, and there's, you got like 10 bucks in your account? There's no way you're going to make it to Friday. Anybody? I knew it. Honesty, second service. And you online, too, maybe. You guys are raising your hand. I don't know. Um, so when I was nine years old, I went to kids camp, and my friend Greg and I, we were like stuck at the hip, joined at the hip. We did everything together. And you know when you're a little kid and your lips are dry, you lick them, right? You guys seen little kids with a little red around? And, and we had dry, it must have been, must have been really dry. We licking our lips, uh, it was turning red, and... Uh, Mom, I, I know, my mom's over here, and she, uh, she probably packed chapstick, and we lost it, or so, I don't know. But we were looking for chapstick, really hard for chapstick. Something to ease the chap lips that we had, Greg and I were. We couldn't find any anywhere, but there was somebody in our room that had some chapstick. And he, I don't even think it was new, I think it was like half used. And we, uh, 
We said, hey, could we have some chapstick? He says, yeah, for a buck. <laughs> so Greg and I, we found our quarters and we gave him a dollar, which in that, those days was a lot of money. Um, and we got some chapstick and we were satisfied. It, it took care of the chap lips. But, you know, there's things that God provides. We thank God. Even as nine-year-olds, we said, thank you, Jesus. We needed that chapstick. And so sometimes in our everyday, those little things, God moves, God provides. And sometimes we just need to recognize that. When you hear the word miracle, what comes to mind? I know we may think of something angelic and, you know, the fog and, or maybe a bright beam of light. It's a miracle. That's something you might think of. I, uh, I like to think of a miracle as God moving. And God is moving all the time. God just doesn't sit up, you know, waiting to, uh, you know, impose judgment on someone. Or, or, or he, he's moving all the time. And, he, and there are miracles that are happening all the time. At this moment, there are miracles occurring. So in high school, I took a, a class, a Latin class, and um, it's pretty interesting. Uh, you kind of learn uh, the derivation of words, where they come from, certain words. And uh, so I was, I was thinking about the word provision, because we're going to be talking about uh, the miracle of provision. And I was thinking about the word provision, and I don't remember anything from Latin class in high school, but I pretend to. So if you break the word down, provision, you have pro-vision. So pro, right, professional, experienced, um, and vision, like the vision, right? So experienced vision. That's what I came up with. So um, I decided to try out Noah Webster and see what he had to say about it. And the dictionary says to foresee or attend to, right? In the, in the Bible, in Genesis chapter 22, um, Abraham is given a son, Isaac. Uh, Abraham was called the father of many nations, and uh, God promised him a son. And Isaac, his son, he loved dearly. And God asked him one day, he said, I want you to take Isaac, and I want you to go up this mountain, and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. And Abraham, in faith, did this. He took his son, and he had him up on the altar, and he was getting ready to kill his son. And God stopped him. He said, no, there's a your sacrifice is over. There's a ram stuck in the, in the thicket over there. That's the sacrifice. And so Abraham called that place Jehovah-Jireh. And we call God, it's a name we call God, Jehovah-Jireh, my provider. And that came from Abraham uh, when, he's, when God spared his son. So the word Jireh in the Hebrew is to see to it. That God sees our problem. God sees the impossible situation. 
and he provides. So it's a two it's a two part thing. It's like God can see your need and he provides. So when when Abraham calls God Jehovah Jireh, he's not just saying, "Hey, you know, this is the God that gives the goods. This is the God that uh, owns the cattle on a thousand hills. This is the God whose riches in, in heaven are, are innumerable. But he's saying that, God, you see all of my need, and you make provision for it. If you have your Bible this morning, take it out, your smartphone, your tablet. Just hold it up this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you. Thank you for um, the promises that are in it. God, as, as we look to it this morning, may you soften our hearts that we might receive. Lord, receive your message clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. This is a story from a long time ago. And the great thing about the Word of God is it could have been written thousands of years ago, but it's applicable today. That's the great thing about the Word of God. Uh, it's alive, it's active. The words in there, they mean something to us today. And this story definitely does uh, too. It's a story of Elisha. And Elisha came after Elijah. Uh, Elisha was a prophet in Israel, and Elisha performed many miracles. With, uh, through God. Elisha didn't do it. God did it. Um, but he was there. Amazing stories. Uh, if, you've ever, if you're ever interested, I mean, if you've ever read it, it's like, it's incredible. The miracles are just incredible. There's a miracle uh, that occurs before the story that we're going to read this morning that was amazing. Unbelievable. Only God could do it, right? And there's a story after where Elisha raises a, a, a boy back to life who is dead. So an amazing miracle. And sometimes, you know, this, this miracle that we're going to read is kind of like, well, yeah, it's kind of cool. But um, I like that one better. I like that one better. But, um, you know, God is moving in either one. Though the widow, her husband, her husband was dead. And let's read, about, let's read what happens to, uh, in this story. In 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. So the wife of a man from the company of prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for, for empty jars. Don't ask just for a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. 
She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what's left. So, you know, in, in today's... If you had oil that never ended, that'd be kind of nice, wouldn't it? I mean, you guys are all paying a bunch for gas and diesel, right? Um, but this is olive oil. And what she had left, what she had was just a small vial. And it, it, what the Bible says, it was an anointing oil. It wasn't something that, that you cooked with or, or could use. And, and she needed, they needed oil to sell. They needed to pay their debts. Um, her husband had died, and he was part of Elisha's school of prophecy. He was a, a student of Elisha. And so Elisha certainly knew this woman. She knew her husband, uh, knew the situation. And she knew that with two young boys at home, when the creditors came calling, there's nothing she could do. She had no way to pay. And in those days, if you didn't have a way to pay, you became a servant. And in this case, her sons were going to become servants to the creditor. She was in a bad position. She was in a difficult situation. She needed God's provision. And she needed it now. You know, she could have believed at that moment that God had turned his eyes from her and wasn't paying attention. And God didn't really care about her, maybe. That he had abandoned her. But I believe that she had experienced the miracle of God. She had, she'd been around Elisha enough to know that God could do anything. And she believed this. So as, as we uh, dive into this just a little bit, I'm not going to call it five. I got five nuggets from this story, right? Not points, because nuggets sound shorter, don't they? Yeah, they do. Because they're short. So there's five nuggets. Five statements regarding God's provision. I'm going to read verse 2 again. He said, Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? When we need provision, sometimes God will ask, What can I do for you? And you may say, Well, God is... God knows all. He's omniscient. God knows what I need. Why is he asking me this question? Why is he asking me, what can I do for you? If you know what I need before I ask God, why this question? Jesus asked the same question. In the book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 50 through 52, Jesus comes across a blind man, Bartimaeus. And uh, let's read it real quick. Verse 50. The man, throwing his cloak aside, jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. 
So Jesus asked the blind man, what do you want me to do for you? And can you imagine the blind man? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he didn't do this, but it's like, um, look, I can't see. I need you to heal me. I'm blind. When we're, faced in, when we're facing difficulty that is beyond what we can imagine, what we can do anything about, it's so big. Sometimes we can't see past the difficulty. We can't say, God, this is what I need. God, I don't know what to ask for. And God says, what can I do for you? But when you're seeking provision... When you're seeking a move of God in your life, that's the question that God is going to, could ask you, like, what can I do for you? Be prepared to answer that. In verse 2, the second part of that, Elisha says, how can I help you? And then he says, tell me, what do you have in your house? She says, I have nothing here. Small, small jar of olive oil. What do you have? Once again, Jesus mirrors this, this question in Matthew 15, 32 through 37. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, Where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish. And when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And they in turn to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. So Jesus says, how many loaves do you have? What do you have? And once again, you know, the, the widow in the story may say, well, Elisha, you know the situation. God, you know the situation. I don't have anything. I would imagine that she had sold everything she had of value. Everything. To stay warm, they, maybe they burnt the furniture. I don't know, maybe they were sitting on the floor. I don't know, the Bible doesn't say, but they didn't have anything except a small flask of oil. God knows what we have. But he asks us anyway, what do you have? And in doing so, we acknowledge our reliance and our dependence upon a gracious God. We acknowledge, God, I am nothing. I have nothing apart from you. And that's where this woman was. That's where this woman found herself. And maybe today you find yourself with, I've got nothing. I have absolutely nothing, Lord. I have nothing. And he wants that. He wants our nothing. In verse 3 of 2 Kings chapter 4, Elisha said, Go around and ask your neighbors for empty jars. Do not ask for just a few. 
So here's the third nugget, right? Have faith. Believe for the impossible. Sometimes when we express faith, it looks odd to the people around us, doesn't it? It must have looked very odd that this woman was collecting empty jars. You know, this, this was a small neighborhood. I'm sure everybody knew what was going on. You guys ever lived in a small town? Everybody knows your business, don't they? And here you go. I'm going around. I'm sending my boys out. We're collecting all the empty jars. And it's like, this lady has lost her mind. She needs to be out working. She needs to be out trying to fix this problem and pay her creditors. Instead, we're collecting empty jars. It looks strange. Noah must have looked kind of strange, too when he expressed faith and he built a big an ark right and there it hadn't rained on the earth sometimes it looks strange and our our neighbors look at us kind of funny but our faith can be very small the size of a mustard seed you don't need a lot and when we couple that faith with with our experience what god has done for us in the past his provision that he's given to us that faith grows, and that faith is, faith is increased. We do that even among the body of Christ. When, when we experience healing, when we, we experience provision, and we tell others about it, our faith grows. So the next time we come up against a battle, an impossibility, we have faith, and we believe, God, you did it before, you're going to do it again. And sometimes our, our, our miracles of provision might be just like chapstick, all right? Might be just something really simple. But in the moment, it was, it was needed. It was amazing. And when we give God the glory for those provisions, no matter how incidental they are, we recognize God moving in every situation. You know, miracles happen every day. You know, miracles happen to you every day. But you, you may not recognize them. You may not see them in the moment. But miracles happen. God, and that means God is moving all the time. In those who trust Him, if you trust God today, God is moving in your life. Every day. Every day. I've seen it myself. I understand most of the time when God is moving. There are some times I don't get it. And I look back later and say, whoa, God, you're good. You provided. So the first nugget, God asks, what can I do for you? The second one, what do you have? The third one, have faith, believe the impossible. And the fourth one, to really so important is to be with God and experience the miracle with Him. And in verse 4, it's an interesting little thing that you might miss, but it says, Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Shut the door behind you. Why would Elisha ask this woman to shut the door? I believe it was to remove distraction. I believe it was to keep 
the looky-loos. <laughs> this experience was for this woman, her boys, and God. And if I, know, if I know the Lord, if I know God enough, I know He delights in doing things for His kids. He delights in solving the impossible in our minds. He, he delights in loving us. And if you have children, if you had children, and, you, and you've ever got them something that was really special, bought them a gift, the time that you spend while they open that gift is priceless. And I think in the same way God gives us the gift of provision, he gives us those uh, provision in impossibilities, and he, wants to, he just sits there and he wants to see our reaction. We spend time with him, he loves it. Our Father loves being with us. Experience the miracle with God. Other people will know in time, but we need to experience it with God. Spend the time with Him. Spend an intimate time in an intimate space with Him. It's hard to do these days. There's so much going on. Everybody's so busy. Force yourself to find that time with God. You guys ever been to Olive Garden? Yeah? yeah? Who hasn't, right? It's almost lunchtime, so we'll bring up a food story, right? Um, first time I went to Olive Garden, it was, uh, I'd never been there before. They bring out this big salad and these breadsticks, and it's like, all right. Uh, you could make a meal out of that in itself, but, um, and then they come out, the, the server comes out with this little device, and it's got like cheese in it and a little handle. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? And uh, they come up and say, hey, would you like some fresh grated cheese? And it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> we love cheese. Right, Mom? Yes, we love cheese. Um, and so they'll start, like, you know, spinning that thing, and the cheese is shooting out all over the salad. And um, There comes that moment where, you know, they're... they're grinding away, and then, you know, you, they start looking at you like, we done yet? <laughs> we done yet? And you just keep going. And me personally, just, just keep going. Uh, you got more cheese in the back? Just keep going. Uh, that's what we think about cheese. But, um, but also, you know, I, I get to the point, too, where it's like, well, you know, I, I don't want to be a pig. I don't want to... I don't want to take more than I should, you know, and feel kind of guilty. This, you know, this poor guy, maybe he's got carpal tunnel or something. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. A little nugget, number six, number five, is see the miracle to completion. God has provision for you. He's got provision for you. And sometimes we can cut him off. Sometimes we can cut that provision short. It's not what he intends. He intends us to have the full measure. Those vessels in this woman's house were full. God didn't get halfway done. Hey, you brought all these vessels in, and uh, they're half full. That's good enough. God intends that you experience provision to the full. And sometimes that takes patience. Sometimes we have to wait. 
Sometimes we have to be okay in a time of provision. If, if you're used to doing things yourself, if you're used to taking the reins, sometimes it's hard. Because you think, you know, God, I got this. You've brought me this far. I, I got this. But he's got more. He's got more. So, regarding God's provision, God asks, what can I do for you? And then he says, what do you have? We have to have faith. We have to believe for the impossible. We have to be with God, experience the miracle with Him as our Father, and see the miracle to completion. Be filled up. Stand with me this morning as the worship team comes. Let's got a couple questions for you this morning. Have you been contending with God for a provision for a miracle? Have you been seeking a, a miracle, a provision in your life? And maybe not just big things. There's big things. There's big needs, but even small things. Are you, uh, are you able to tell God what you need? God already knows what you need. But can you speak it from your heart? God, this is what I need. And it's so recognized that He is our provider. He is our source of strength. What do you have to give? You're empty. There's nothing left, but you have something. You have you. You have yourself to give today. And that's what God asks. He, God's asking for everything. That's it. Everything. He's asking for you today. You know, the story in Second uh, Kings is about vessels or jars and oil. there's a meaning behind the story you know you're a vessel did you know that you're a vessel that God desires to dwell in today and maybe you're through the battles in life and the things that you've been through your vessel's been damaged God can heal you today God can make you whole again today and the oil is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes in and fills our vessel, we are complete. We are full. And you know in the world we live in right now, we need to be vessels that are full. We can't be half full. We can't, 
we can't expect, like Pastor Ben has said, we can't give something that we don't have. If you're not full, how can you give? And our world needs us to be full today. You see it possible that your everyday life, that your mundane, normal everyday life could be filled with provision from God and miracles every day. Can you see that with me? And by believing in faith that God will do what he promises, God's hand is in every circumstance in life. Spend time with God. Alone. An intimate moment with God. Experience the miracle together with him. Be filled with the full. Jesus said, I've come that they may have life. Jesus came that we would have life, but not just life, life abundantly. More than we can ask or think. So whatever you ask of God, he has more. Father, this morning, God, I ask that you would pour out your your blessing, pour out your miracle, pour out your provision on your people, God. God, we are your vessels. Lord, use us as you will. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. God, that we may affect this community, the people that we come in contact for your kingdom, God. God, we just thank you that every day you're there with us. Every day you want to experience the provision. God, the gifts that you give. God, we praise your name. We give you glory for everything you've brought us through. We sing hallelujah. God, we praise your name for all you have done and for all you are doing in this place and for all that you will do. Just praise your name. Just take a moment this morning. If you need provision, no matter how small or how big it is, I'll just ask you to put your hands out. Just receive from the Lord today. God, we receive. Lord, we take your provision. God, who does the impossible, God, we accept provision. Fill us up, Lord. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Jesus. is good so a couple action steps and it's going to be really great because this week is Thanksgiving I don't know if you knew that Thursday first one take time to consider God's miracle of provision in your life whether it was a long time ago whether it's right now whatever consider that number two importantly get alone with God this week celebrate what he has provided celebrate with him and the third one Share with someone. You can do this at the Thanksgiving table before you eat, right? 
Share with someone one thing God has done for you.